You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell asks his radio audience, will you dare to be great? Why settle for good when great is available? If you don't have a vision, you won't have a destination. Good is the enemy of great. Let's join the conversation. Inspirational perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So I ask, are you living the best life possible? In 2014, will you dare to be great? Uh Uh-oh, mixed it up a bit, changed it. But that's what I'm talking about this evening. We're four days into the new year and I'm fired up and I'm hoping you're fired up as well. And so did you answer that last question? In 2014, will you dare to be great? Seriously, I mean, why settle for good when great is available? I have a great story I want to share with you with you about this and much more this hour. Also, I want to know what's your big picture vision for 2014? Do you have one? If you don't, you'll definitely need to stick with us this evening so you can begin creating what that vision should be. Because no vision means to me no destination. And no destination means no movement. No movement causes stagnation and decay. Stagnation and decay typically make things stink. So at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk more about that and we'll talk about time. I believe time is the great restrictor, but I also believe time is the great creator. And so what is time to you? What I do know, it's time for inspirational perspective and it's 2014. So happy new year, everyone. Hopefully your new year has started off well. And again, the questions that I'm asking and addressing this evening is in 2014, will you dare to be great? And if so, how? How do you plan on embracing your greatness? What is your vision for 2014? And I just talked about that. No vision, no destination. And I believe we all are trying to go somewhere. And what is the big picture you have in mind for 2014? If you don't have a picture in your mind, then how can you create it? Even the great artists all throughout time, they had a vision. Picasso, Da Vinci, Michelangelo. They saw something in that block of wood and that slate of stone. And uh, so what do you see for these next 12 months that you are looking to create. Okay, so the questions for this evening. Again, in 2014, will you dare to be great? And if so, how? And then what is your vision for 2014? Share it with me. And you know, often I ask these questions and you know, I get a phone call or I don't get a phone call. But you know, the whole idea of sharing your vision is you know, words activated. It's one thing to have something in your head. It's one thing to, you know, be thinking and meditating on something. But when you share it over a broad audience and you bring power to it with your voice, that puts 
it into action. And, you know, it's something hard to explain, but it's part of the formula. And so if you're not talking to me, if you don't want to share with the radio audience, I say write it out. You know, put it on the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page, you know, share it there. Tweet it to me. But whatever you do, be sure to tell somebody, you know, say it actively with your mouth. Make that vision real with your words. And then the last question is, what is the big picture you have in mind for 2014? So that's what we're up to. All right, so to kick off the show, I want to share a favorite quote of mine. And you guys have heard me share this quote before. It's by Zig Ziglar. And I think it's the perfect way to start off, you know, the first show of the new year. But what Zig Ziglar said was, people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. And tonight, I want to take a moment to remind all of you to keep your fire burning. You know, dare to be great. And all of us is an untapped source of tremendous power. And that power makes us good. But why settle for good when you can be great? And I believe that great is available to each and every one of us. So don't let the comforts of good make you content make you satisfied, keep you still. So still until you become stagnant, and I've talked about stagnation, but you become stagnant and you slip into a capitulating slumber. And by capitulating, I mean slowly digressing. And so good is the enemy of great. So why not tell good, thank you. You know, thank you, I've been good 2013, thank you, but I'm sorry. I'm leaving you now in 2014 for great. You know, why not tell good that? And make that commitment to yourself in 2014. I'm asking you guys this year to take my dare. It is time to be great. It's time to be great, Chicago. It's time to be great wherever you are listening from. Someone is waiting for you to accept this challenge because they need your help. They need for you to show up. They need to know your story. They need to be encouraged by your wins. So what's holding you back? In her book, A Return to Love, Marion Williamson wrote this. And some of you guys have heard this before. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? Who am I to be gorgeous? Who am I to be talented? Who am I to be fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. And I'm gonna mix it up, but your playing small doesn't serve your community. Your playing small doesn't serve your city. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. And I'll say that again. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine. So no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, we are meant to shine. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we liberate, as we are liberated from our own fears, I'm sorry, our presence automatically liberates others. 
And that's Marion Williamson. And I love this excerpt. I love this where she says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And then she goes on to say, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. You know, we are all meant to shine. So the question is, will you shine in 2014? Will you take on my dare to be great this year? I say dare because your fear will cause you to shy away. And I've had this conversation before with clients and with friends, just, you know, just chopping it up on a regular weekend. And the idea of fear causing you to shy away from your greatness is often we're afraid of what we don't know, the uncertainty of greatness. What will people say? Well, people wonder, okay, he's trying to be all of that or she's trying to be all of that. And so we let that keep us still. But I'm telling you, it's time to step out of that. It's time to be great. And fear will make you doubt that your light can shine. But I'm saying, come on, let your light shine. It's about that time. So here's the deal. You know, I believe I'm beginning to understand why people don't plan, you know, and it has a lot to do with this whole conversation around greatness, you know, but I, I believe I'm starting to understand it. It's starting to click for me. It's clicking for me why we don't set resolutions, why we don't set goals. Last week, you know, I was, I was sharing with you guys how I was walking through Target. One of the guys said, you know, I just keep it moving. I don't set goals. I don't believe in resolutions. And you know, I've been thinking on that. And this week, what I've come up with is part of the reason some of us refuse to set resolutions or we can't make time to set resolutions or we don't sit down to write down the goals is because we fear failure. We feel failure so much, we fail to plan. Because if we don't have a plan, then we can't disappoint ourselves. If we don't have a vision, if we don't have a vision that can create something, then, you know, that vision can't be the impetus of our dissatisfaction or regret, right? And, you know, I say wrong. I think it's completely wrong. If the regret for sitting still doesn't hit you now, if the regret for not setting a resolution doesn't hit you now, if the regret for letting year after year go by without you renewing yourself and taking that blank slate and taking advantage of it, creating an audacious goal, if the regret of that doesn't hit you now, it will definitely hit you later. It'll hit you years from now. When you're too old to move, you're too old, you don't have the strength to do what it is you had thought about, those thoughts that you've had, those ideas you were given that you never, you never stepped out on, It'll hit you when you're too old to do something about it or when you're in a state where you can't move on it or when you're preparing to die. And I believe often we've heard many stories and some of us have encountered it in real life where someone is on their deathbed and they have regrets and they're saying, if I had only done this or if I had only done that. And so I do believe that part of the reason that many of us don't plan is because we have this fear of failing if we set the plan. 
But the idea is to fail. The idea is to set the audacious goal and go after it and possibly fail. What we don't take away from that is in the chase, in the achievement, in the attempt, there is so much that we end up accomplishing that gets us closer to the goal than where we may have been. And so, you know, when you have the faculty, when you have the strength in your body, it's given to you for a reason. And that reason is to create and understand your big picture, to create and understand your vision, and then to get to work. And I'll tell you, you know, I've had the wonderful privilege of spending a good portion of my adult life as a leader. And I've learned a number of critical lessons throughout my leadership, throughout my leadership journey, working for large organizations. And uh, these lessons have been taught to me by good and bad leaders alike. You know, I believe you can learn something from everybody. Even a fool can teach you what not to do. But I've benefited most from learning directly from people I've led. And I believe the true beauty of leadership is the wisdom. And when I say wisdom, I'm talking about the people that surround it. Great organizations hire leaders that spend a great deal of time providing perspective on the company's plans by painting the big picture for why they are doing whatever it is they're up to. Now, so what's my point? Organizations do this, but often when we bring it back to ourselves, to ourselves as individuals, we completely lack the same rigor we will give a corporation. The same rigor we'll go through every year to set goals, to say, all right, these are my goals of 2014. These are the things that my boss want me to create. These are the things that I will do. This is how I will measure it. We'll do all of that work for a corporation, but when it comes to leading me, Incorporated, we completely let it go. We completely just ignore the need to do it. And then we turn around and wonder why we're in the same position that we've been in year after year after year. And so I've said it, great organizations hire great leaders, and these leaders spend a great deal of time providing perspective on the company's plans, by painting the big picture for why we're doing whatever it is we're doing. And so, I mean, the question for you is, why are you doing what you're doing? Do you really understand the big picture? When you get up and go to work every day, Monday's coming, we're going to be sludging through the snow and moving through cold. Do you really understand why you're doing it? Or are you just doing it because that's what it takes to get a paycheck, put food on the table, and keep a roof over your head? Because I believe that there's much more in what we're up to in life. And the overall meaning of what it is that we should be doing in life has a, a much larger purpose. And so I'll tell you what we're going to do. What I want to do is I want to correlate what big business does versus what we as individuals typically do not do. And often I think we wonder, why are these companies so, why are they doing so well? And we tend to be stagnant. And, you know, I was just sharing my perspective on the 
the parallel or the correlation between, you know, what happens in big business and versus what happens with us. And I believe in, in taking my cues from where I see success, where I see process that works very well. And I think we can all agree that when we look at process, when you look at large corporations, Fortune 500 companies, especially those companies that have a great profit, you know, great profits, uh, they're doing well with the bottom line, the shareholders are happy with, this, with the stock movement, that, you know, here's somewhere that we can look to, to, to begin to see, okay, what is it about what they're doing that we can take away from? And so I want to share a quote. And this is from the book, The Leadership Challenge by James Cluzes and Barry Posner, that provides guidance to leaders for why this type of perspective is necessary. And, you know, if you're a leader, I think this is, you know, not just for you personally, but even for you as a leader, this is something you can definitely take away. And the quote is, there is nothing more demoralizing than a leader who can't clearly articulate why we're doing what we're doing. And I want to jump and change the verbiage just a little bit, okay? And make it more personal. And so if we took that verbiage and we made it very simply about you, and we said there is nothing more demoralizing than a person who can't clearly articulate why he or she is doing what they're doing then I believe we can begin to draw the vein towards why so many people are unhappy or depressed or just downright dissatisfied with their current situations. Again, I'll say it. There's nothing more demoralizing than a person who can't articulate why he or she is doing what they're doing. So I believe the question becomes, why are you doing what you're doing. We spend the majority of our time, our waking hours working. So why are you working? Why do you work at the place you work? What are you getting from it? What benefit does it cause you outside of that paycheck? And how can you begin to create something that provides you more than just that takeaway, that paycheck? I want you to think on this. From the moment you're born, your life can be considered to be a business. So let's imagine it this way. Your parents fund your startup. They get you through school. For some of you, they get you through college. And you know, some of us have different parenting situations, but either way, somewhere your startup is funded, okay? And after that, you know, there's an ex expectation of profitability and a return on investment, you know? And, and it's funny because, you know, you can scratch your head and disagree if you want, but I believe these are the unsaid expectations that cause strife in a lot of family relations because the parents don't necessarily cast that vision for the child at birth to say, hey, look, we're feeding you, we're, we're helping you, we're, we're, we're going to guide you. And the idea is that your business becomes self-sustaining at some point. OK. And so, you know, there's some startups that, you know, 25, 30 years in and they're still being funded by the initial investor, if you guys get what I'm saying. Now, think of it this way. Do you think we see more success if parents begin to cast a vision, an overt vision for their children? 
And I believe it's because we fail to cast a vision, a vision for our own lives as parents that we don't know how to cast a vision for the lives of our children. So what if we looked at our lives like a business? Because I just believe it is. You have a value proposition and a net worth. Problem is, most of us can't articulate either one of those. So like any big company starts, I'm asking today for 2014, what's your big picture? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And I'm saying get clear on this. If you don't know your value proposition for the work that you do today from Monday through Friday for 40 plus hours a week, get clear on your value proposition. You know, get clear on what it is that you provide that you do because you are a business. So get clear on this. And once you get clear, I'm going to tell you something. It is a wonderful feeling to be motivated and have a clear purpose towards which you can channel your energy, especially when you are the person who is prescribing it, not somebody else, you. And so what's interesting is, you know, I believe, you know, so I said leaders, great leaders earlier. We're all leaders, regardless of our title, because we have the delicate task of leading ourselves. And I, I can only speak for myself. And I've said this before. But I can only speak for myself when I say that I have probably been the most stubborn, insubordinate individual that I've ever had to lead. Out of anybody I've led, even the people I've had to let go, I've had to fire in the past. The worst employee, the worst person, the hardest person I've ever had to lead is Linnell. Seriously, I, sometimes I'm downright impossible to lead. I'm telling you. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons I went out and hired a life coach, <laughs> you know, somebody I can be accountable to. And we'll talk more about that in the future. So, you know, how can we apply these same leadership principles above to ourselves? You know, we take the time to create a vision or a big picture for our lives that helps us connect our daily actions towards a larger individual purpose. You know, so we're taking the time to do that be worth it for you? I think so. In 2014, I believe it will make all the difference. And I'm telling you, self-management is the toughest management position in the world. But you got to crank down and get it done. And it's also the most important position. But it can't be done properly without having a vision and a purpose with which you paint your big picture. You have to have a vision because that's how you're going to lead yourself. The fact that you say, okay, here are the things that I need to create and this is what it's going to look like and you can see it in your mind, that's what will get you off the couch to turn off the TV, to open up a book, to write down your goals and to set your milestones. So, you know, there's a quote by Rumi. I'm going to share this real quick. The 13th century poet, and he, he wrote, you can accomplish a million things in this life, but if you don't accomplish the things aligned with your purpose, you have accomplished nothing. And I've shared that quote before when we've talked about purpose in the past, but I, I think that one really holds true. And so tonight, here are questions for you that, you know, you should answer over the next week. I mean, this is the next week is the first full week of the year. What is your big picture? What is your vision for your life? What is your purpose? And can you connect why you're doing what you do to your big picture? If not, Take the time to do this. I believe it will be the best investment that you make in 2014. How do I know this? Because 
it will be the best investment you made in your lifetime. I'm telling you, literally. So those are the questions. One more time, what is your big picture? What is your vision for life? And what is your purpose? And to close the show, I would like to share four reflections that I have on my own personal development in 2013. So as you guys remember last week, I shared the, you know, the top 10 observations of 2013 and, and most of those were external. That's what I saw in the world that I thought you all could benefit from. And if you, if you didn't hear the show, it'll be posted on YouTube and on the blog tomorrow. And so you can check it out. But this here is more personal. These are my four reflections of my own personal development. And I wanted to share this because often I get, you know, like, man, you know, you got it together. I love hearing you. And, you know, it seems like you just got everything just laid out and in place. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that, no, Linnell does it. And I've said it over and over again that often a lot of what I write, a lot of what I share are the very things that I'm working on for myself. And then when I have wins, like, for instance, you know, the idea of vision and big picture, and I see it clearly as a win, then I come fervently at you all to say, hey, you have to do this. It works. Check it out. It worked for me. And so what I'm about to share here are the areas of development that I took on in 2013. And in reflection, I saw some, uh, some significant growth. Okay. So number one. You only get out what you put in. And, you know, I've heard this said quite a bit, but, you know, I don't know that I understood it quite the way I understand it now after reflecting on 2013. And, you know, I would say this is true for everything in life. You know, just pick a category and, you know, I, you know tell me where it's not true. I mean, take, excuse me, education. You know, you only get out of the education what you put in. And then after you get done with the formal education, you only get out of education what you put in. So are you continuing to read books? You know, you know, if I were to lose all my notes for the show, you will only get out of me what I put into my spirit, what I put into my mind. I think I can still keep going for the hour because I put a lot in. So I think you guys get where I'm going. You can only get out of your career what you put in. And I'll tell you, as a leader, I'm always baffled by people who think that they don't have to do much until an opening comes and then they want to put in everything for the next month and say, hey, I want the promotion. doesn't work like that. You only get out what you put in. Same thing in relationships. Now, I know some of you guys are shaking your heads right now like, yeah, that's true. The relationship that didn't work, I think you can go back and look at it and say, well, I got out of it what I put in. And sometimes we put in a lot. The other person doesn't put in anything. That's the funny thing about relationships. It takes two. And then again, Another great example of this is the bank. <laughs> you can only get out of the bank what you put in. And if you don't follow that rule, that means that more than likely you rob the bank and there's a whole nother law that plugs that hole. Okay. <laughs> so again, if you want the most from life, you're going to have to put your all into it. You only get out of it what you put in. Okay. Number two, it is daunting how much impact one decision can have on your life. And, you know, this hit me really clearly in 2013. And again, I mean, I'm not saying anything new. And, you know, often 
you know, I think the best lessons are not the lessons that we don't know, but the lessons that remind us of what we already knew. And in this case, I mean, this lands home for me. It is daunting how much impact one decision can have on your life. And I'll tell you, in 2013, over and over again, I could see where I made a positive decision and how it played out a day later, two days later, three days later, maybe in a week or two later, where I'm like, oh, I'm so happy I made that decision. And the funny thing is, at the point of the decision-making process, it was hard. I mean, it was difficult to make the right decision, and in some cases, knowing what the right decision was, but the wrong decision being much easier to do. But after having made that decision, when I look back on 2013 and ask myself, if I hadn't done that, where would I be and what would have happened? I have to say, it is daunting how much impact one decision can have on your life. Our everyday decisions can seem mindless. I mean, we choose where to go, we choose where to eat, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes we make decisions with such ease that we forget how monumental the decision can be. You know, for instance, staying home this evening could be, you know, something that either put my life on the same track for better or for worse. I don't know. And leaving home could shift your life onto a different track for better or for worse. It's tough to know. But each decision has impact on your life. And let's be clear, I'm not sharing this to create fear. Fear is of no use to any of us. What I'm doing is I'm sharing this to create awareness because awareness is the impetus of change. In 2014, the question I'm asking you is, what criteria will you use to make decisions? And if you don't have criteria, it may be time to create it. And guess what? The best way to create the criteria is to have a big picture. And so, again, it is daunting how much impact one decision can have in your life. Okay, number three. As humans, we often have no clue of our own capabilities. And I had this reflection, you know, I was working with my life coach. As some of these came up, I was working with my life coach on completion for 2013. And so as life coaches, you guys know I'm a life coach. I have a life coach, right, which is the right thing to do. And... I was working with him, and we were going through the completion process for 2013. How do we close out the year so I can be present in 2014? And it, that by itself is a whole other topic because I believe sometimes some of us are living so far back in the past that we can't, we can't execute and focus on where we are right now. That's a whole other subject. Okay, so number three, as humans, often we have no clue of our own capabilities. And I'll tell you this, in 2013, I accomplished things that I could not fathom materializing at the beginning of the year. I mean, at the beginning of 2013, this time, some of what I wanted to do seemed impossible. Yet, I wrote the impossible goal on paper, I set my mind on its accomplishment, and 12 months later, not only did I see it was possible, I'm doing what I believe is quite a fine job at maintaining some of those impossibilities. And so we have all been created for greatness. I believe this. And so let your light shine. Set audacious goals and then go accomplish them. We often have no clue of our own greatness 
and of our own capabilities. And I know right now somebody's struggling with something they know they should do, but they think it's impossible. And what I'm telling you is at the end of the year, when you look back, you remember these words and you'll shake your head and say, wow, I did. So, hey, start doing it right now. What are you capable of? That's the question. What are you capable of? Number four, there is nothing more beautiful than love and the full expression of that love. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, for me, you know, love has always been one of those distant things. It just it just has. I love my family. I love my brothers, my sisters, my mom. But when you talk about the love of a woman, it just seems to be out of grasp for me. And in 2013, that's something that I was able to grab a hold of in a way that I've never grabbed a hold of it before. And it has been one of the most fulfilling things uh, up to this point in my life. Nat King Cole sang it. And, you know, you hear him sing it. I don't know that I really understood it. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And so sometimes for those of us who preach and teach love, and I've taught love for a long time, the toughest task we face is to learn how to accept love in its raw, unfiltered form. And yeah, I'll be honest, 2013 softened me up a bit. You know, it did. But I needed it. I needed it. That was an area of development that I needed to take on. And uh, I'm glad that I did. And so I'll tell you, it would be hard for me to serve in the capacities that I serve and continue to excel without the wondrous miracle of love living inside my very being. Because, because I have it in my being, I can exude love as a powerful part of my essence. And you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with the word essence, it's an ontological phrase for internal power. So you know, those four areas have marked my development in 2013. And I would love to know what marked yours. You know, you can catch what I just shared with you on the blog tomorrow at www.inspirationalperspective.com. And when you read it in its entirety, I would love to know, you know, what your thoughts are and, and what you, you know, what areas of development you took on in 2013. So, again, number one, you only get out what you put in. Number two, it is daunting how much impact one decision can have on your life. Number three, as humans, we often have no clue of our own capabilities. And so the question that's associated with that is, what are you capable of? And then number four, there is nothing more beautiful than love and the full expression of that love. A quote to close out the evening by Henry David Thoreau, do not lose hold of your dreams or aspirations. For if you do, you may still exist but you have ceased to live. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.